Hey there, and welcome to day 227 of Don't Forget Your Worth, the podcast of the matching YouTube channel that's titled Just the Same. I'm Andrea. Yesterday was a big day, and yet I feel like I didn't even get half of what I needed to out to y'alls. I don't know if I was just tired or scattered or the day had felt like it had lasted three days. I don't know. I mean, it was kind of like that. It was pretty amazing. Um, we had, you know, the flip over to daylight savings time and we had our first Monday flipped over to daylight savings time, but I just have been so excited by everything. I, I didn't really miss a beat. I'll tell you what, I still got showered and got hair curled and ready to roll out, um, you know, for a good week. But you guys, so yesterday I did go uh, view a little log cabin in the woods and today I made an offer on it. We all had to get our offers in by 5 p.m. I maybe told you all the realtor was like, oh my gosh, this could just be a bloodbath because, you know, we knew there were going to be a few offers and there were and it's fine, but I feel really strong and solid in our offer and you know that I know that you know that I know that if that house is mine, it already belongs to me since the beginning and the end, right? So I just have nothing to fear. It's just like the best little position to be in. But what I didn't tell you, I don't think yesterday, is that very first thing in the morning, I read you a piece called Favor. And then I went to my Bible study. It was a few minutes late, and I get in there, and I'm like, hi, I wonder what they're talking about. And I'll be doggone if they weren't talking about Favor. And so I mentioned it. I was like, you guys, this is kind of crazy, but I already, you know, did my podcast this morning with coffee in my hand and it was about favor and I'll be doggone. So then I go to worship and the message is about favor. And then I go see this log home and I'm telling um, my realtor that, you know, what we really need is just favor. And there were some things over it that really looked like favor. Even when it got to the offer that we made today, they were actually asking for a little bit more time to close because they have a tenant in there right now. And it was like, oh, well, Jesus, that actually works out pretty well because I would have to put in my 45-day notice where I live right now. And so, you know, these 21-day closes just were not attractive to me. I mean, it means I'm really leaving some money on the table. So with that, I'm like, huh, that could be some favor. And it actually, we think it helped build our offer, but we will know by tomorrow, like 6 p.m. Like tomorrow, you guys, you've been with me this whole journey. I'm like, if this isn't it, I feel like some of y'all are just going to be rolling your eyes going, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? But um, the trick of it has been trying to get a log home insured. And I've lived in a log home before, and I remember that. I remember that it was either really super spendy or else really super impossible. And right now it's feeling both. So um, we've got to hope that that's a little bit easier here in Colorado. I don't know. But that's the excitement of the day. That is the excitement of the day. And so with this, I'm reading a piece tonight. It's called Deep Sea Diving in a Raincoat. And so it begins. He walked into the downtown Starbucks, his once towering, strong body reflecting the anticipated atrophy promised by this invasive disease. His friendly smiles towards me and my friend and our familiar greeting shouted from our table, we're just plain Jesus. Happy belated birthday, David. It had been months since I had seen David at, quote, our normal Starbucks, church family and friend to his bride 
We were both out of place this morning, repositioned at yet a different cafe to bless. Instantly, my thoughts were diverted and straying. I am sorry, Chris, but I can't even hear a word that you are saying. Father just keeps speaking into me, and I can hardly hear anything else. What is it? Chris asked with open heart and intrigued spirit. My sympathetic eyes were hypnotic and fixed on this deteriorating vessel. The, quote, words, they just kept pouring into my spirit, and I am listening, 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 but I am not acting. The irony, God, a man's heart and spirit and mind that are solid and strong, appearing so physically weak. The irony, things are not as they appear in italics. He is the strongest man in this room. What appears disabled has abilities and power and the healing of Christ right at his fingertips. His promises in italics with words, we can heal. I am chicken, my eyes just welling with tears at a deteriorating body puddled in lavish strength and irony. And there he goes, I said as David walked out the door with coffee in hand and waves of love. My sense of urgency was, quote, let off the hook. But spiritually, I was about to be all wrung out. Now, where were we? And in the door he comes again. My friend Chris, all sensitive to my struggles, telling me that it's all right if you cry. We all cry. I just couldn't. Not now. Not now, Jesus. Not here. Not this morning. My feet planted in concrete and comfort. No way. I think I am in love with you, the grungy transient spoke as I pulled the parking ticket from my Suburban outside the Starbucks. As I pulled the ticket down and tossed my things into the car before hugging sweet Chris goodbye, I asked this man with alcohol on his breath and a cigarette in his hand, Do you know that Jesus is all that you need? Do you know Jesus the Christ? And without hesitation, and drag smoking from his hand through teary, drunk eyes, this homeless man says to me word for word a scripture that we had just spoken in the cafe this morning. Romans 8.28, he said to me, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. (laughs) Amen to that, I said. That alone is good news. He continues, and that's all good, but Jesus is a long ways away, he says, pointing to the sky, way up there. And as I hug my friend Chris and we say our sweet byes, I look again at him and say, no way. Jesus lives in you right here. As I point to my heart and look him in the eyes, Jesus is the only addiction that you need. And with this, I was headed home to pay for the parking ticket and make lunch for my man. So I thought. Mama, please pray for me, was all that I could get out with a hollow, hollow, fear-filled breath. My organizer, I don't have it. I'm worried that somebody might have taken it while I was ordering a coffee downtown. I left it on the table. I thought it was in my bag. (gasps) Please pray for me. 
Are you headed back down there? Yes, I'm such a stupid girl. I had my license, some gift cards, my marriage license, my new debit card I got yesterday that hasn't been signed yet. I am just so stupid. I'm way too trusting. If it's not there, make sure you call the police. First thing, she says. I will. Oh, wow. I have a parking spot right up front. Please pray for me, Mama. I love you. I don't remember walking or running. <laughs> it was noon hour and my Casanova transient was gone from the sidewalk, but his sign and his coat were still both sitting there. He's probably tucked inside somewhere close, dining right well on my credit card, I am thinking, tormented with fear. I pulled the glass door open from the bright afternoon sun to a dark, bustling noon hour crowd. There it was, dark, on the dark floor, my deep brown organizer sitting untouched next to a young man's backpack and skateboard leaning against the wall. No way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as I turned to leave, holding up the very organizer that was lost and now found, I saw David, the man that had already this morning twice deserved the message that I was told to set free. Again, I was not a worm let off the hook, but I was a messenger carefully returned to the pond by an orchestrator whose details we cannot even fathom. Man, Father, <laughs> I must just hurt to watch. I hear you. Yes, I see him. Pardon me, I said to the man that was seated with David. May I just say something to David real quick? The nice man the nice-looking man with kind eyes scooted back from the table saying, Yes, by all means. And in my mind, the cafe that was once muddled in noise stood a room full of people that were frozen and quiet, and I was looking into David's eyes, Jesus to Jesus, spirit to spirit, his look anticipating my words, and in one breath I let my mouth open and words fall. I have been so disobedient by not delivering this word to you for such a long time. But my eyes will up each time I see your sweet spirit, so I never seem to feel strong enough. But here it is. I am sorry, I say again to the man, that I have asked pardon, and he waves his humbled hand in a motion of approval to continue. This world needs your book, David. We need your stories. I believe for everything that I am to tell you, that you too are to write a book that will change this world. With a smile and words of confirmation, David tells me that he has felt that his spirit is being led just there and that he will be meeting with somebody next week regarding how to get started. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I am not just a goofy, stupid girl, it says in italics. This world needs more godly men. And your son Isaiah needs that book as a legacy, just as myself as a mama needs that book. We all need your stories, I said to him. And in italics it says, now you're just getting plain wordy, Andrea. Exit here. <laughs> and with that, I touched the top of David's hand, told him to be blessed, and fled out the door in warm, wild, joy-filled tears, trudging in humbleness, 
the blurred steps to my car, praising God, praising God. He is good. Why is it so hard to pass along a word? Is it that I took up so many, so I just assume that in my looking up, they must look down, and therefore, who am I to speak such a thing to somebody I revere so wise? Is that all? Because that is ridiculous and needs to be identified, plucked, and thrown out. We are equal in the eyes of Christ. He is your brother. You are his sister. There was nothing in this brother that, that made me feel the less. That lovely insecurity was all self-induced, <laughs> growing without truth or light, but spreading like a weed, plucked and thrown. I learned so much today. I watched my heart easily talk about Jesus to a drunk, complete stranger holding a cigarette, who could be potentially threatening to me, all in front of complete strangers on the street, without even one moment of hesitation. No pride. Jesus junkie. Check, check. Like a breeze. But when it came to delivering a word to a brother in Christ who I have known and seen for years, my friend's beloved, and in the comfort of a cafe. Concrete feet, zipped lips. Really, Andrea? Man, how I need to take a leap and not be afraid. You too, friend. Even if it feels like deep sea diving in a raincoat at the time, jump. Instead, I look for the right timing, the best temperature, the right clothes, a great hair day, then I will be ready, Lord. <laughs> then, Lord, I'm your girl. Obedience today. Obedience now. Jesus, please direct your steps and mine, alert, equipped, and ready. If you feel it impressed, Jesus, speak. I love you. Mm. This is insanity to me. <laughs> I had no idea what this piece was about. In fact, when I saw it, I'm kind of like, well, that sounds like kind of a downer because I knew who this was about. This gentleman, of course, he's passed to be with the Lord. He died of ALS. He's a, the husband of a friend of mine who actually she's remarried and um, they've, um, they've blended two families. Just a lovely story, really, considering how hard um, this event and this loss was, right? So again, this is so neat to read these stories and I can give you these reports back on like the miracle that God has done. Just like we read that Roman eight twenty eight that that homeless gentleman said to me that he works all things for good. That's what he did. He worked all things for good. He's still working things for good. But you guys, okay, so for almost two months, I'm letting you in on something close and I can feel like it's disobedience, but that actually is a lie. So for two months now, the Lord told me something about somebody at church and it's pivotal. It is pivotal and it's big. But he also told me this person already knows this. So I'm like, well, why on earth would you use me to tell them? And of course, as he's delivering these messages at our Bible study, it's just for confirmation for him, just as I saw in this story. I was in the same position. I'm like, well, why would 
like when I told him what I felt like the Lord was telling me, he's like, oh yeah. He's like, that is wonderful confirmation because it's already been on my heart. Okay. The Lord does this all the time, but I've known something really pivotal for two months. And finally yesterday, you guys, like right after our session, he even walked out with me. Like he has to go, you know, get ready for service and they pray together as a group and this whole thing. So he's like in this hurry and I'm walking with him because I know that he's leaving on a mission trip for three weeks and I have this major word for him, but I still sit there and go, but he knows about it. It's not even going to be a surprise to him. I know that I am just to confirm it in him, but it's scary for me because here, you ready? I'm worried that somebody else isn't going to like the news that isn't related. And also, I'm worried that the news that I have will actually be the result of tragedy. And I don't want, I can't, I can't even prevent that tragedy from not happening. And to tell you that in a way, I've been through this before. I've had to deliver news where I saw something tragic and that's how I knew the change happened. It wasn't like I knew when it was going to happen. It's not like I knew how it was going to happen. Instead, I saw people mourning what had happened. And so that's how I knew it was tragic. So you can imagine, you guys, I'm like buttoned up going, I, he's leaving for three weeks on a mission trip. I have had this word for more than two months. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe if service gets over in time, I will, you know, I will say something. I even thought to say something to his wife rather than him because his wife is more available, etc. She doesn't even know me though. And he does because he knows me from our Bible study. I mean, you guys, I have, I've known this for over two months and I haven't said anything. And then he's leaving for three weeks and I barely made it to the end of the message. In fact, I was almost 20 minutes late to view this log house that I was looking at yesterday. And so obviously I wasn't staying after to deliver this message. But here's the important thing. It's always timing, just as it said in this piece. It's always timing. Like I can feel like I'm being disobedient, but the Lord is like, no, your disobedience, that's like a thing between you and me. You kind of need to feel that to stay in line in accordance with what I'm asking you to do. But the timing is all mine. Like, like I can think that I'm being disobedient, but it's my disobedience is not a surprise to the Lord. So the timing is all still just, it's perfect to him. He's like, it's perfect. So clearly it's a word that I need to deliver after he gets back. And you guys are going to be a part of that. <laughs> I just giggle over it, but I cannot believe I read this just this night. This is mind blowing to me. I mean, just off the charts. So I'll keep you all in the loop. You guys have a great night. And of course, tomorrow, you guys, I'm going to let you know. You're going to know. Did she get the log cabin? Did she not get the log cabin? Will she be higher than a kite and ridiculously excited? Will she be boohooing? We don't know. We just don't know. <laughs> but tomorrow, I'll be chatting at you then. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.